You are listening to the weekly Great Covenants podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. Today we are joined by Mr. Chris Fortain and he is the municipal manager in the Namakwa District Municipality and that is all the way in the Northern Cape. Welcome onto our platform, Chris. Thank you very much, Doctor, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. So you have been in local government. Why did you join local government and tell us about your journey into local government? Thank you very much. Yes, I've been a municipal manager since 2015. I've started acting in 2014 and then I was officially appointed as a municipal manager in 2015. But before that, I initially joined the Namakwa District Municipality in 2011 as a senior manager responsible for economic development and tourism. Okay. Now, during that time, I was still employed by a government agency, CEDA, and when the position was advertised, I then decided to apply for the position. Initially, my idea was to explore the other development opportunities that exist within the development sphere. When I initially started studying for my master's degree in, in 2003, I specialized in SMME development. And as a result of that, I had this narrow view of development, although I have done a broad study in, into development. And that to me, going into, into economic development at the district municipality sort of created an opportunity for me to explore the, the whole development field. Hmm. But when I got involved in, in that area of, of local government, it opened up a whole new world for me. And it sort of changed my view that I held about local government. Because as an outsider, you were aware of councils, you were aware of what local government actually did. Our view is normally narrow in the sense that we only focus on local government as opposed to be responsible for rendering water services, electricity services, and all of that. But we tend to forget about the other part in terms of development that local government play. And that's the reason why I'm still in local government. Although I am municipal manager, I still believe that a big part of my work is developmental of nature. So Chris, tell us, where in South Africa is the Namakwa District Municipality? And tell us about your area and where you are. There's two outstanding things about Namakwa. A, we are the, the biggest district in the country. It's also important to note that we are also the least populated district in, in Namakwa. Now, Namakwa is one of five districts within the Northern Cape. We are the only district in the Northern Cape that has access to the coast. We are on the, on the border to Namibia. So you most certainly will probably drive through us. Namakwa consists of six local municipalities. Uh, namely Richtersfeld Municipality, Namokoi Municipality, Kaima Municipality. When we look at the district at large, yes, we are least populated, sparsely populated. So there's ample room and ample land for, for, for the 115,000 people that's in the, in the district. We are known for, for our copper mines previously. It was overtaken by, by diamond mines recently. And at the moment now, where we find a number of wind and solar farms and the biggest zinc mine in the southern hemisphere currently being operated in Namakwa, in Akhanais, in the Kaima area. 
we are known for for our flower season. One of the world's heritage sites, Rachtersfeld National Park, is also within our region. That's a huge area that you that you now covered. How does the district municipality differ from the local municipality, and how do you work together with them? When one looks at the levels of government, we as a district municipality, we are, we are categorized as a category C municipality. Now, in the country, we have 44 districts, and we are one of these 44 districts in the in the in the country. Now, ordinarily, we do not render basic services. Now, I think that's the dis- distinction between us and local municipalities. Local municipalities are the cold face. They are the ones who render basic services like water services, storage services, electricity, provision of, of land and so forth. So those are the services that they that they render. Us in the district municipality, uh, apologies. We in the district municipality, we do not render basic services, but we are here to, to support local municipalities. But it's probably also not true because there's other services that we render on behalf of local municipalities, like for arguments for interest, for, for instance, environmental health services. That's a service that's being rendered by the district municipality. Tourism services, fire management services. We are also responsible for chairing our special land use management tribunals. There are other services that we are supposed to, that we can render if one looks at, uh, at the structures act. But that is not necessarily, we are not currently rendering that. But our big role that we play in this district is to, to support local municipalities. Now, when we decide on a support, we normally tend to analyze where does our municipalities lack. And then we come up jointly in consultation with our municipalities. We then come up with a plan to render that services. Currently, we are rendering as part of our shared services, we have established a municipal support unit. And the purpose of the municipal support unit is, look, there's normally this outcry of us being over-dependent on consultants. And what we have said to our local municipalities is you can actually complete your own annual financial statements. And as part of that, we we will assist your CFOs, we will support your financial unit. We will also work with you in order to to bring about a change in, in your audit outcomes. And I can I can say, and, and I'm, one probably can say we are bragging about that, but the district municipality has received a clean audit as well as one of our local municipalities, Hunter municipality, have also received a clean audit. Now, we cannot probably say it's a, as a result of the support from the district to say that those that's what we are working to, to ensure that we render these support services to our local municipalities in order to to ensure that there comes about a change in our local municipalities. That's not always easy because not everyone is always open to support. Sometimes initially they would view this, you coming in as a big brother. And that is one of the bigger things, one of the biggest challenges that we have started to break down to say that we are not here to, to monitor you. We are here basically to assist you in becoming better. They normally are open to, to the support from our side. I think so. That's a feather in your cap that you manage the clean audit and one of the municipalities. Is the plan then to use you, yourselves and the practices to share that with other municipalities for them to become better? That's the, the recipe that we are trying to, to implement. One of the, the key ingredients that we have tried to share with our local municipalities is to beef up in terms of internal audit. 
What we have done from our side, at one stage, we have brought in a number of interns. We've put them through a rigorous development program. They've qualified as internal auditors, and some of them were appointed by the local municipalities in that fashion to address the previous previous issues that has been identified by the by the auditor general. Because unless you address that, you're not going to move forward. What we're also trying to do is with the new council that has come in now to support the impact that they have in the local municipalities to ensure that that we assist them. And more than that, we tend to work on a daily basis with our local municipalities, especially the, the financial unit, to, mm. to strengthen that. Trying to duplicate what we have done, we believe that we will then steadily but surely we move all of our municipalities from where they are to a better position. I must admit, though, that at the moment, none of our municipalities have received a disclaimer. There's some of them that has a qualified audit opinion, and we want to move them from qualified to unqualified and then move forward. So that's sort of the approach. So would you say the district plays the leading role in terms of good governance in the district? That's what we try to claim, and that's what we're trying to to achieve. We can only assist others yeah. if we if we practice if we practice that ourselves. And I think we constantly trying to, to improve on what we have done last year. And I think that's what we, that's what we're trying to do. How do you manage then this political admin interface? You know, you make it sound very easy, but I'm sure that there are challenges also with the politics of local government as well. How do you manage that? That's probably the biggest fear of any municipal manager. When there's a fallout between a municipal manager and, and your political council, there's only one winner. And that's normally the council. Highly unlikely that a municipal manager will come out as the winner at the end of the day. And it should not be a case of who wins and who loses in this whole battle. One of the key ingredients is to have a stable council. If we have a stable council, that assists you a lot. Maturity comes, it's not always there. But if you have a stable council, and a stable council normally comes from having a good speaker as well as having a good mayor. So that's the one thing. What we have tried to do is when we have a new council, you tend to have that's what we have done previously. We have done it again this year. Is to have a session with all councillors. Take them through the A, the code of conduct. Take them through the policies of council so that they understand what their role is and what the role of the administration is. That politicians know that they need to keep out of the administration. Now, that's sometimes difficult. And that's where I lean on my executive mayor to actually manage that process from the political side. On the administration side, that is my problem to ensure that I then protect, not only protect your administration, but also ensure that administration keeps out of the political arena. It's sometimes easy to say that. Sometimes I tend a more diplomat than that tends to be in my favor to manage things in that fashion instead of that has helped me a lot over the last couple of years. So if you look at your job, you know, what would you say beside the political admin interface? You know, you have clean audits and all of that, but the living conditions of people pretty much is still the same, would, would some argue. Some argue clean audit, dirty streets. So what? How are you doing in terms of your fighting poverty and making sure that community is economically stable and economically empowered given your low economic base? 
One of the critical things is probably from this developmental studies that I've done previous, where I believe that to invest in your youths. So a key part of what we are doing is we are engaging with your your seeders. We are engaging with whoever there is to run programs, especially your learnerships or your apprenticeship programs, to invest in our youths to prepare them for job opportunities. We yes, we have our minds here. We have other players here and we've started to, to form partnerships with our minds. Now the minds does have a social labor plan. So in a sense, they need to invest in your area. In a way, what we have done is the minds tend to invest in the area where their mind is, but we've been able to, to at least with one, one mind, we've convinced them to look at the, at the broader district to assist in terms of that. The one key thing is to invest in our people to prepare them for better opportunities should the opportunity arise. Now, that's not a solution that, that's not a one day solution. Mm. It's something that you invest for the long run. And hopefully we believe that we're going to see the benefits of it. Some of the youngsters have already completed their trade test and we can see the benefit of them doing that. Now, surely what you're saying is true. Clean orders does not put food on the table. So one needs to to use whatever means you have. Our EPWP funds, we tend to use that to create jobs. We look at the MIG grants that we have. We need to ensure that we do spend our MIG grants at the areas where it needs to be spent. In some of our municipalities, there's still a challenge that they do not always spend the money uh, fully. And that's our challenge that we also need to find a way of addressing that to make sure that grant funding that's allocated to us, that we then spend that in order to ensure that services are ended. I must also admit that we sort of blessed in the area where we are, that people are not protests. So if we have probably been in a, in a different area, people might have already protested about the, the level of the status of the roads. And we should not take that for granted. We need to find a way in order to address the challenges that's there. But comparatively speaking, if one looks at and if you compare the basic services that we have rendered in our area, Compared to the rest of the country, we are pretty, pretty good in terms of, in, in terms of comparison, uh, in terms of the provision of, of water, electricity. It's an investment that we have done over the last couple of years. And it's probably as a result of, in terms of our area, if we're going to become the growing district, we will have an influx of people and we need to, to get our ducks in a row to prepare ourselves for these challenges. How did you manage to keep the corruption devil from the door? One of the things is my CFO and and myself, as well as senior management, we've said to ourselves that we have a zero tolerance even in terms of irregular expenditure. We even went as far as to convince our executive mayor, and he has gone through to council to preach the same thing. If you have a zero tolerance to that, that will assist you. If one thing slips, that's where the problem starts. But I think it starts from the basics. You need to have, you need to ensure that you have good qualified people in your organization. All of our senior managers are properly qualified. They tick the box. Our managers, they're sitting with the necessary qualifications. It's sometimes difficult to attract people to work in our area. So we, we've been lucky in that sense. The biggest focus that we place on is to retain people especially skilled people and not to lose people. So that's the the critical thing to attract skilled people. Secondly is to make sure that you have systems and processes in place and that you stick to that on a monthly and a daily basis to ensure that you are aware of it. When something do slip, 
that you make sure that you take the necessary action against that. And that's where our internal audit comes in. We've given them the freeway to audit whatever needs to be done. And we account to internal audit. The recommendations, we implement that. Mm. Secondly, we have our audit committee that we report to. Thirdly, we have a fully functional impact committee as well as a financial disciplinary board who can investigate if there are issues. 2008, that was before I've started, there was an incident that was investigated. It was handed over to authorities to deal with it. But we have also looked at what went wrong and we have started to to implement the corrections to prevent a similar thing from doing that. But I think, Doctor, in the end, let's go back to basics. Just as the things that you're supposed to do on a daily basis, you, you will be able to prevent that. But lastly, it's also important to to create an awareness that people are free, that they can come to you if they become aware of something that's that's wrong, that they come can come to you so that you can then investigate that. Ultimately, if you if you have this lackluster approach, then things will go haywire. So have a zero tolerance approach to it and it will assist you. I can even say at this point in time, for instance, for this year, we had something like 600 rand, which was irregular. We've investigated that and at least council could take a decision on that. Final question, Emin. You know, you are a leader in local government. What is the advice that you have for others? And what are your daily disciplines that makes you such an effective leader? I think one of the biggest things that we take for granted is communication. It's not an easy environment that we find ourselves in. It's important to to continuously speak to your senior manager. Make sure that they know what it is that you want to achieve. Make sure that they feel free to come to you. I mean, my CFO must be in a position to approach me and, and communicate directly with me. Similarly, the rest of my senior management should be able to, we should be able to communicate with each other to ensure that we know what is happening. I think that's the simple the simple thing that one needs to do is just communicate with each other to make sure that you know what needs to be done in the institution. If you know of something that has gone wrong, speak to, speak to your other colleagues so you can then immediately find something. Secondly, be compassionate. I think it's, yes, you have a job to do, but also be aware of what is happening in your environment. Sometimes people will sometimes feel off and you must be able to recognize that. You must be able to to be the the person that people would, would like to come to, to speak to you. And I think it's, if you continue to practice that, that will most certainly assist you. Local government from the outside looks like an easy environment. When you enter the space, it is a brutal space. And yes, you need to continuously invest in yourself to make sure that you, that you up your game, that you continuously ask yourself certain questions. And I think that's, that's what I tend to do. At the end of the day, I tend to reflect on what has happened today. What is it that I need to do differently? And sometimes you need to be own your, your worst enemy by, by critiquing yourself, by delving deeper into what you should do differently on a daily basis. I think that the most important thing, what you need to do is you practice on a daily basis to, to reflect on what you have done today. Ask yourself what it is that you have done today. What went wrong? What do you do that's good? What should you do differently going to work tomorrow? And I mean, you can do that on a daily basis. And that should not take you a long time. It's mm-hmm. just it's just reflecting on these things. But if you if you don't do that, then the opportunity to grow, you tend to close that door. 
you should be, always be open to that. Okay, Ibrahim, thank you so much for your time. You know, this was really an insightful conversation. I know I need to still travel down to Springbok to meet all my Kluter family there. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is mine, Doc. To the amazing and talented Great Governance team, The Voice, Mpumilali, and producer Al Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great, right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.